ride a ride. We're here with Mame and Mom. Yes. Well, hi, Mom. Where did you ever, ever come from? You're my mom, so I came from you. Yeah, that is true. That's true. This backhanded compliment changed your whole life. Mame out, man. It's Mame from Mame and Mom. Just me here recording a little intro for this week's episode. This week we had the absolute pleasure of having Jasmine Allen on the podcast. Jasmine is the Community and Education Coordinator at New Hampshire PBS, the face of Jasmine Learn Something on social media, and a mom of two. Jasmine shares her career journey, the process of adopting her son, and so much more. I think that you'll probably feel inspired after listening to this episode. I know that I did. Here it is. Can you believe you said that we look alike? That's never, no one's ever said that ever. Really? I'm surprised. Yeah. Never. <laughs> ever. You know they what it like is, it. though, And We're spending way too much time together. <laughs> you know what they say. <laughs> maybe you know that's what, I mean? what it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We act alike. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, oh my God. I'm so, I'm so sorry, Em. So, well, we're anyway, so excited we're to have you on. Yay. Yeah. I clicked the record happy button. To be so. on. Oh, you didn't? You did. We I on? did. We're recording. Oh, we're doing it. Hi. Hello. Welcome yes, to Mame. Mame and Mom. Oh my God. We did it. That was actually how it was supposed to go. Is it really? I never actually know how it's supposed to go. Welcome so. to Mame. And I say, mom. There you go. We did it. Yeah. 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 We got it. Remember. (laughs) You have to remember. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, you know. We're so excited about today's episode because we have Jasmine with us. Hello. Hello, everybody. (laughs) What's your last name, Jasmine? What's your last name? It's Alan, but I go by like multiple last names, which is a story all in itself. (laughs) So how are you guys doing today? Awesome. Yeah, actually We're doing wonderful. Good. The weather's beautiful. It's just a beautiful day. And look at that cute face. I swear to God. <laughs> but we're doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. And I'm already uh, off to a good start with you ladies since uh, we have been nonstop laughing since we started. So <laughs> into it. Love it's it. Just and I know- <laughs> Jasmine, I know you just got back from a trip. Where, where did you go? Tell us all about it. I did. I just got back from Puerto Rico and that's home base for me is Puerto Rico. And it's been a couple of years since I've been back since really since Maria and Hurricane Maria. And so nice to be back and, and be around family and the warm weather and music and food and oh. language. It's just nice. I, I, I tell people I'm like Puerto Rico is while it's a part of the U.S., it's very much its own and so yeah. I had a lot of fun and I brought my kids with me and it was a nice family vacation. It was my husband's first time there and he absolutely fell in love and <laughs> he's thinking about ways in which we could move to Puerto Rico because oh, he's wow. like, oh my God, it's amazing here. Like, why haven't we been here before? But Puerto Rico uh, is just a really great place. Now you say so that's your home. Now that's where you grew up or you grew up here? I grew up here, but I spent summers in Puerto Rico. So yeah. I would spend like four months out of the year yeah. there. And that was really to, you know, my family's intentional way of making sure I stayed connected to culture and language and That's family. Wonderful. And if anything, they did me a huge benefit by doing that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Oh. So when they sent you for the summer, did they go with you or are you spending time with other family? No, I've actually been traveling by myself since I was eight years old. Wow. So, wow. I know. And it's so funny to see like a little eight year old get on an airplane and they have like this special <laughs> like uh 
like a little necklace, like one of those keychains that kind of like identifies you as a minor. <laughs> and that's like, hey, hey, human traffickers, here right. I am. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been traveling since I was eight um, by myself. And before that, my family would come with me. But once I got old enough to essentially be able to navigate <laughs> by myself, that's when I started going by myself. And I don't know how my parents did it without FaceTime. Yeah, you know, like we have nowadays. I remember Seriously. like at my grandmother's house, we had a little dial dial phone where it's like a rotary phone mm -hmm. you had to dial every single number and yeah. <laughs> oh my god can you imagine <laughs> I just don't know Classic. how they did it I don't know how they they were doing it and like you know not being able to see my face every day I don't know how they did it <laughs> that is so funny but yeah you're right yeah and so yeah. lucky though like well Emily's fiance is from London and they had a long distance relationship for a very long time but they had FaceTime, so at least they could talk. Because right. I was telling her, if I had a boyfriend that lived far away, we'd have to write letters, and you'd wait a week for the letter to come in. Right. You know? mm -hmm. Exactly. You're so lucky. Absolutely. Yeah. You're so it lucky. was hard to feel lucky, though, during it, when it was I like, know. connection failed. <laughs> no, I, I, or just a sad little spinning, like... But I mean, maybe oh, that's like symbolizing the rotary phone, right? A little spinning. <laughs> oh, it's our version now of the rotary phone. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That's really funny. So, so your, your family is from there, which is awesome. So now yes. you're here mm -hmm. and I heard, well, two things, you're a mom. So that's number one, no matter what. And yeah. then the other thing is you work for a PBS. I do. I work for New Hampshire PBS. I'm the Community and Education Engagement Coordinator, and that is a really, really long title. But my job is to basically go out into the community and listen to community needs and then figure out if there are ways that we can fill it because public media is a free resource and it's for the community. And so I try to find ways in which community can utilize all these free free resources that are out there. So that's, that's my job, but I come from the radio world. And so... <laughs> I have a tendency to to be very uh, creative and do lots of other really fun side projects and documentaries and photography. Pretty much anything that's artsy, I'm I'm dabbling into. Awesome. <laughs> we definitely can relate. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, so I you definitely started with radio. Is that what you're saying? Your profession? I did. Yeah, yeah, I was actually a chef for ten years, and then worked for an organization, a nonprofit that worked with previously incarcerated youth. And I fell in love with that work. And I went back to school and got my psychology degree. And then after that, I was like, okay, the pandemic hit. I was at home for the first yeah. time with my daughter. And when I had my daughter, there was no maternity leave. So I had to go to work pretty much right away. And yeah. so this was the first time where I got to be like, stay at home mom and be at home with my daughter. And so I had to kind of like learn to be like, you know, with my daughter all day, uh -huh. every day. And, and that was like an interesting journey for me because then I had to like kind of take my personality away from my career because we have a tendency to do that sometimes is attach our careers or what we're doing to our personality. And that's not oh, always yeah. what we have to do. And so right. I spent some time kind of undoing that and I threw my my hat in the ringer for a radio internship. And I was like, you know what? Let's see if this works. I got in and I worked for free for like two years and it was quite the amazing journey because I did a lot of advocacy and community activism as a result and then 
I did a project with New Hampshire PBS and that's when we started working together and when the position opened up I was like all right let's see wow you that I mean, is amazing perfect it was like made for you or I don't know literally eyes lined up or <laughs> something a little bit of goosebumps that's just such a cool yeah. story yeah. <laughs> it's wow. so cool to see people following following their dreams and just doing it it's and literally not it easy fall in like that though I mean all honestly right everything place. I did was at one point I, I was like I'm so unhappy what am I gonna do like I just can't keep living like this and then eventually it was like I really gotta do things out of joy like if I that's mm-hmm. really that's how I would meet people and then all of a sudden I'd be on a project or something like that because I was doing something that I liked or ha- I was having fun with and then yeah. all of a sudden it just started coming together and so that's when I'm moving forward I'm like all right does this bring me joy does it not bring me joy because if it doesn't then probably going to be dragging my butt Mm -hmm. (laughs) to do it and if I if I like it then you know it's easier to do and I do it well absolutely (laughs) and if it doesn't bring you joy anymore just means that you're supposed to move on and grow more exactly Mm -hmm. exactly I say you know sometimes your pond gets too small for you and yeah. your ideas are too big for your pond. And so you got to look for a different pond. <laughs> you are so right. You are so right. Oh, my God. I already love you. I already oh. love you. And I, I was listening sure to your reels. I went on your your Instagram and I was having a blast listening. I just love oh, it. Good. Yes, I love yeah. your Jasmine Learn Something. That was so awesome. <laughs> and if anyone, whoever's listening, I'm going to highly recommend that you try to follow this new friend here and listen to her Jasmine learn something. It's awesome. It, yes. It's a reminder of how to react with your kids. Right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm a young mom myself and there are moments where parenting is really tough and sometimes I'm doing it by myself or I don't always have my the vibe tribe that I need to lean on. And so Jasmine learned something came out of me actually learning. And I was like, oh man, look at all these tools that are here. Like, look at all these very basic things I can incorporate into my life. And I was like, all right, how do I share this <laughs> with people? And because I was like, I can't be the only one who's learning all this stuff and or that knows that this stuff is available. So I started Jasmine Learn Something and it kind of took off more on LinkedIn, if anything, which I was really shocked because it's a very professional platform. But You'd be surprised, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people really enjoy it on that platform mm-hmm. and wow. I'll get like messages from parents and just saying like hey like I totally relate like I have an introvert like there was one that I did on kids who are introverted and celebrating who they are as introverts you know Mm -hmm. because we're not all extroverts and so I got a message from a mom and she was like thank you for doing that because I always feel like everything is made for extroverted kids and nothing's ever made for the introverted kid and so Mm -hmm. um, it was just one of those like eye-opening moments where I was like all right what are other tips that parents are probably just you know very small things that like parents are busy and you you know think something simple that you can incorporate in your life on a daily basis with your kids that is not going to take up a lot of your time and we take it for granted that all mothers know the same they all know these particular things about parenting personally I didn't You might know way more. I mean, you actually do know way more than I did when I was a young mom. I knew none of this stuff. So how lucky are you to know that? And we didn't have Instagram. We didn't. God, I'm really sounding old. But the the (laughs) fact that it's so easily accessible to go into any particular subject that you want to learn within seconds. And you happen to be one of those really, I don't know. Yeah. And and that's the 
Cute. That's the thing. There's so much information out yeah. there. Like, what do you even look for at that point? Like, mm-hmm. what do you even yeah. type in? What do you search? Yeah. And that's yeah. why a lot of Jasmine learns something is usually something that I'm going through <laughs> like I myself know. in yeah. my daily life. And that's kind of where I get my referencing from. Or, you know, I, I work a lot with parents as well and teachers. And sometimes the teachers are like, well, sometimes we question this and we don't know. And so even teachers will use Jasmine Learn Something as a small tip to incorporate in their day because educators are, are like parents too. But yeah, that's why I, I love Jasmine Learn Something. It's one of those fun easy consumable content things that I do and and parents really enjoy that's awesome that's wonderful we talk about a lot too I think that a lot of the time we just think that we're the only one experiencing something and it's really really lonely and I'm sure that that just makes people feel less alone yeah exactly and that's the thing is that like sometimes you get too embarrassed to even ask Mm -hmm. a question and like when you're a new parent and you just like this question might sound dumb but it's really not we're not all born inherently to know how to parent and so pbs really provides really amazing resources and i try to pick up the ones that i'm like i i really Mm -hmm. relate to this one (laughs) absolutely yeah and i think I think it's so easy to to not ask the questions because you feel like a bad parent or a bad whatever if right. you don't if you don't know the answer but not asking the question actually is much worse you know because then you don't know and right. it's yeah, so and much better like second yeah. guessing and you second guess yeah. yourself and well, I, I, I little, yeah I do this little clip thing on on Instagram I don't know if you've seen them yet people are laughing at them but I'm just <laughs> starting so they're going to get way better and I don't care about making a fool out of myself it's just I'm having a blast but anyway this is about characters I they're all made up so you know I'm just waiting for someone to say that I made it up from them because I didn't (laughs) but they each have different personalities and the foundation really is about feeling too insecure to be honest with everyone else and the thing Mm -hmm. is like you said all these people whether you're a mom or I don't care I don't Mm -hmm. know acting or oh I mean in my job every day it's everyone no one thinks they know what they're doing in engineering, right, right. there's like every single person, they don't want to ask questions because they don't want to look stupid, but it's... And, yeah, and it's shame. They feel yeah. less... And it builds that's it. what it is. That's It's, it's then, the shame and vulnerability and not, um, too. Exactly. Yeah. And then it leads to a really toxic environment because everyone is out there like, I'm the best and I have to prove that I'm the best. So I right. have to know everything and I can't ever look stupid. And it's just... And it's so many layers to that, you know, who has Mm -hmm. the Volvo over, you know, who's wearing whatever, but just feeling so much insecure that you feel like you have to do all these things in order to feel like you're okay. But I mean, in one of my clips, I have this lady who she is an alcoholic and she's very rich and all this stuff, but she hides behind her wealth. So I don't know. It's just fun. And I, I love, I love all of that. I was really having a blast listening to your reels. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. you. Really I, and someone did ask me, like, how is it that you connect to the parents? And I was like, honestly, it's just vulnerability. Yeah. Like when you're just showing that you're also a parent who messes up, that's mm-hmm. really yeah. the key is, you know, just vulnerability. And when, when people see uh, like vulnerability in front of them, they can't help but like, oh, dang, I'm connecting right now. or I'm relating on, a, on some type of level. And so whether that's them personally or someone else that yeah. they know. And so that's why I like to do those things. And I'm, I'm always a, a champion for people who are like, let's make characters. Let's make a fool of ourselves. Because you're being vulnerable and you're letting people see human, like you're you being a human and just yeah. being yourself. And, and that opens the door for other people to feel like themselves, too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that so much. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, you have kids. How many kids do you have? Uh, I have a five-year-old daughter, and I just recently um, fostered to adopt my son. Um, oh, yes, nice. yeah. And so he's been with us for almost six months now. Aww. And we got him for Christmas. I call him my our Christmas present. He's been with us for a couple of months, and it's been a an adjustment going from mm-hmm. one to two, which is it's, oh, a, it's a crazy adjustment, but the best decision we've ever made and I always knew I was going to adopt at some point I just didn't know how it was going to happen and I'm one of those people that's like well universe if we're gonna this is something I'm gonna do you're gonna make the doors pretty easy and open for me and it wasn't an easy process but I was willing to go through that process and take the time because it does take a long time and it's not expensive like everybody thinks it is, you know, fostering is, it's just a big long process to make sure that you're a person who can parent and take care of a child and make sure that they're safe and they're healthy. And sometimes that discourages people from fostering or adopting, but in reality, there are over 2000 kids in the foster care system, just in New Hampshire alone. And so there's just not enough foster homes. And I tell people, I'm like, it's not that expensive. They're not looking for the most perfect person to be a foster parent. I'm a very big advocate for opening the door to potentially a child coming into your home because it's it's very much needed. Mm-hmm. One of my so best happy. friends, actually my first friend that I ever had in my whole entire life, and I'm hoping that I will make sure that she listens to this podcast, but <laughs> she was a foster child. And oh, I just loved her. And I she ended up, it's a long story, but she ended up moving away and everything. But it's so, what you're saying, it just makes me so happy because I just love her and I adore her. And I'm just so happy that, she was able to come to a good right. place. So yeah. yeah, and that's not always the case for everybody. I, that's why I'm always like a big champion for like if you have the space and the time in your home, you should think about it. And mm-hmm. you know, you just never know. And I, I would say like the universe will make its way to you yeah. if that's something in your plan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I definitely would love to chat with you eventually because I. Me and my husband on our second date were not like we were ready to, you know, get married or anything, but we both were like, oh yeah, if I ever have kids, like I want to adopt kids. We both were yeah. like, oh, me too. <laughs> that was um, the same conversation but... I had with my husband because I was kind of very upfront with him. I was like, this is what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I want six kids because I, I come from a very big family. My, my parents adopted three I'm, I'm the youngest of three. So I'm oldest and the youngest at the same time. Wow. And so, yeah. And so uh, I always wanted a really big family, but then I had my daughter and I was like, mm, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I wanted to adopt and I'm perfectly capable of having a biological child. I just knew that there are so many kids without a home and eventually that mm-hmm. we would we would want to do that and so my husband and I had that conversation of like are you on board because this is this is where I'm at and, and would you like to be there with me mm-hmm. that's, that's <laughs> so, so amazing and you I know, once you're on, on the same page it's easier yeah I love that you mentioned the thing about how it's not that expensive so can you share more about the process and just yeah so I actually had to t- attend a, f- so you can actually attend a, a fostering seminar every month. The state puts one on every month and they go through the entire process and it seems very lengthy and people get very discouraged because they see how long it takes just to go through the process, mm-hmm. but you don't get charged for anything. And so that's, that's a, like a misconception that most people have is that you have to pay into the foster, foster care system to become a foster parent and 
in reality, you're only paying for your background checks for the state to run your background um, checks. And, you know, if you lived in other places, they, they will charge you for the background checks for other places that you've lived in. But that's pretty much it. Other than like, you're going to baby proof your house. You maybe you're taking it yeah. during a yeah. younger child. Then you have to get a fire extinguisher, things like that, that are like basic things that we should technically right. have in yeah. our houses, <laughs> but we don't. So, but like, those are like just minor costs that you can get over time. So you're not like spending chunks of money. And then my husband and I, we... Our son came from Florida, so we actually had to pay for our own plane tickets and things like that. So that would be like costs associated to things that you would you put as a barrier for yourself sometimes. Uh-huh. But everything else is pretty much free. And so they're really just looking for parents who want to give a good home to, to a, a child. And I tell people to be open about ages because uh, there are a lot of teenagers in foster care and they really need extra love and attention. Uh-huh. Um, we had, my son is three, so <laughs> we went on the younger side. So there were a lot of things we had to go out and get, baby clothes, things like that. And so, you know, th- it's really depending on what you want to have in your home. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Other I than mean, that, having... the process itself is not mm-hmm. uh, an expensive process. Yeah. Having a kid in general is expensive, but that's regardless, exactly. of course. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, it really, the, the biggest part is the adoption process. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's if you want to involve a lawyer. So we don't have a lawyer, we don't need one. And that's really dependent on mm-hmm. per person, per child case. And so that for us is what worked out in the end is like, we didn't have to pay for an adoption lawyer uh, for our particular case and could be, you know, really make the difference for some people too. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing about that. Cause I think there's a yeah. lot of misconceptions in general, just about fostering. I know. And, and it's so hard to hear sometimes because like people are like, oh, I wish I could make more money so I can foster or adopt. And I'm like, you really don't need to be super financially well off to foster or adopt a child. You just have to have the time to be mm-hmm. able to do it. And and that's that's really where, and honestly, that's the most expensive part is your time. Like you yeah, dedicate yep. your time to a child. Mm-hmm. But there can't be any better way to spend your time. That's wonderful. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm trying to take advantage of my youth as much as I can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you're such a neat lady. I oh, want you to come you. on the show again I, and do a whole thing on adoption and fostering. Wouldn't that be oh, great? Yeah, I want to get some yeah, seriously. Get, really do it up because this mm-hmm. this isn't talked about enough because you're right. It's I really mean, not. Because that many kids. How did you end up with someone in Florida? How come, how did that work? So it was a unique situation where um, our son, he's also a family member. And so that's how we ended up oh, with okay. an out-of-state adoption. Yeah. When it's an out-of-state adoption, it becomes federal. And so you have to be approved for, from both the out-of-state and in-state. Oh, and gotcha. so you the the other state has an open case. You'd have to open another case in the state that you reside in. And yep. so you I, I'm, we're in between two different cases. And exchange through states, I, I do highly don't recommend Florida because Florida is incredibly difficult and long Mm -hmm. to work with but I tell people I encourage them to foster within their state adopt within their state it'll be a much easier route and there are just so many kids here who need a home Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what I try that's honestly that's what I try to encourage people with but for our situation it was just unique in the sense where he's also a family member that's cool though that's great yeah I love it so much (laughs) what am yeah Oh, I just said how much I love it. 
love so. it. She loves it. <laughs> that is really now. Cool. What what got this mother daughter duo to come together for a podcast? I'm curious. <laughs> story. Oh wow. Well, <laughs> we realized. So when I was younger, we really didn't get along very much. Uh, we had a lot of issues that we'll eventually talk about on this podcast. And then when I got older, we realized actually we're the same person. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's probably part of why we didn't get along. I, I do comedy and uh, public speaking. And my mom also used to have a radio show. She used to do public speaking. Probably still will again soon. And we went, did it happen? We were talking about it when we went to London, right? Yeah. Yeah, we were in London and just, I don't know, walking around. And we just decided to do it. We were like, well, wouldn't that just be cool? Haven't you ever, you wanted to start a podcast? I did too. I know. I'm always, I'm always and, like, yeah. wow, a mom wants to do a podcast. That's so cool. Like, <laughs> it is so, so cool. You know what though? It's been for me, I can't speak for you, but for me, it's therapeutic. Yes. Any mother, I don't care. You too. Guess what? You're not going to be perfect. And we're all going to mess up and do <laughs> stupid things. I did some, I did some pretty stupid things. And if I could take it back, I would. I mean, they weren't that bad. When we say it like that, it sounds like I killed somebody. <laughs> I did it. But still, I mean, there's just stuff that I'm, I wish I would have done differently. But anyway, being able to talk about that and seeing Emily get through it, because, I mean, she's got scars that I created. So watching her process it through and, I don't know, the healing, be, watching her heal helped me to process it because, I mean... No matter what you do, you only do the best you can do and what you know at the time. So, right. I mean, there's pain and whatever, scars. Or that's whatever. really that's really big of you, though, because uh, uh, millennials really struggle with their parents ever admitting any, anything wrong ever happened. And mm-hmm. so I always say, I'm like, that's that's really big of you. Like, I to even you understand that. that. I think yeah. it's big of M. I well, think it's I, big of M. I think my mom needs to stop feeling guilty she she always does this every time we hang out she ends up apologizing to me and that's her she has almost the opposite problem I'm like you need to stop it's okay everything's fine and honestly I talk about this all the time but any of the things the mistakes that she made along the way all I think shaped me into being who I am like and and I think that's just the truth of anybody I don't think that anybody's perfect and I think that everyone needs to go through experiences in life to be a person, you know, and be able to handle things in life. So I don't think that it's fair for anyone to, I mean, obviously depending on the severity of what, what happened, but I don't think it's that people should be as hard on themselves because it's not, it's not helping anybody, you know, all you can do is your best at the time. And then if you learn something, you can apologize and be better from there. Well, you think about it. And when, I mean, when we started this journey, you still had things that you were angry and resentful. And then little by little, we were still doing it through. Oh, <laughs> now I have the things that I'm angry and resentful about. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It takes, it t- everything takes time. It's but, it. Well, it's yeah. mm-hmm. both of you. That's why I'm, uh, it, I'm, it piques my curiosity because a lot of the times you find that parents don't want to admit anything oh. wrong ever happened. And then there's the other side of like their kids also can't let things go. And so mm-hmm. there's like that weird, let's cut our parents out of our lives right away and there's a real movement a real big push for that to I I, I, at least I've noticed lately and and I'm really in a different position of like I think I understand my parents more because now I understand like the tools that they had at the time yeah I also Mm -hmm. understand how the brain works and if like you were a parent who was super young and your brain was still developing and then you have the mix of all the hormones of having your child 
and raising that child and you don't realize like they had to grow so much mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had to do it with us so there's a that that's why it's you know piqued my interest because it's so interesting to see a, a mother and a daughter who is willing to both come together to you know dig deeper on those issues and it was painful and I think yeah and I think what, exactly what you said about how I think the biggest reason why it's easy to forgive my mom is because she's so willing to admit that she was wrong or that she did something wrong. And I think that's the truth about anybody. Like it's so much easier if you say you get in a fight with someone or something, if someone just says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it this way. And doesn't like, that's it. Like that's all I think most people need when they are hurt by something. But a lot of the time what people do instead is make a bunch of excuses or don't really like, just never actually give you that apology that you need. So I think that that's a big thing that any, any parents that are in that situation, parents and daughters or mothers or daughters or anything. I, I think that a lot of the time, just what someone needs is a, an apology and an understanding, not even just an apology, just ad- acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Yeah. For what that's happened. <laughs> that's right. exactly what I think anyone needs in any, yeah. Yeah. any situation where they feel like they were wronged. Cause if you don't get that acknowledgement, it just, it's invalidating. It eats away at you. And I think yeah. it chips away yeah. at your, makes right. you insecure as well. So yeah, I don't think it's, it's definitely not, dif- not difficult to like not have issues. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. She's so freaking cute. She's got, little she's got cute little dimples. I love to stop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we wanted to also, we always talk uh, on this podcast with our guests about their relationship with their mom or like growing up how growing up was with their parents. Yes. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to speak on that at all? Yeah. So um, I actually, my mother actually passed away when I was three years old. And so oh, wow. I was super young. I only have one memory of her. Um, and it was one of those superhero like mom moments that mm-hmm. in which I fell into a fire and it was an open pit fire because we're Puerto Ricans. And of course there was a roasting pig in our yard and I fell into the fire and she scooped me up and Aww. put me in the car really fast. And I remember her like telling me like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And obviously in Spanish, cause she didn't speak English. And, um, and it's the only memory I have of her. And so people are always like, so curious, like, really, that's the, that's the only memory. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately that's the only memory. Cause when you're three, that's, that's all you can really remember is like big, right. you know, big moments like those. Yeah. And so my dad had actually remarried uh, about a year and a half later um, to my stepmother. And so that's an interesting relationship that I have because I did, she grew up raising me basically. And so yeah. we had a very touch and go relationship. And it was mostly because there was the weird dynamic of my mother being gone and Mm -hmm. my dad still grieving and a new wife. And she was from Puerto Rico. She didn't speak any English. And so when she came here, it was culture shock for her as well. And then all of a sudden she had three kids that weren't hers. And so all of a sudden it was a big life change for her. And then it was a big life change for us. And so that was probably the weirdest mix ever. And mm. so I really, really commend her yeah. for wanting to come to a, to a new place, learn a new language, adopt three kids of all different ages, because my sister and I have 10 years apart. So big, big age difference. And so growing up, I didn't really appreciate her and appreciate mm-hmm. all the all the little sacrifices that she made. And yeah. so now as an adult, we talk a little bit more. It's not 
your typical like mother daughter relationship. And so for me, as an adult, I was constantly seeking that relationship in other places. And so Mm -hmm. I would try to find them in other women. And so I would always get kind of disappointed because women like that are not your family, they'll disappear. They, you know, they move on, they move away, things like that. And so I really struggled with like building relationships with other women and other girls and building friendships because I didn't really have anything to model after and so um a lot of my I I tell people I'm like a lot of my womanhood that I have like I kind of made up along the way (laughs) with bits and pieces of what I've learned because I just didn't really have that stable structure of having that mother-daughter relationship and so now with my own daughter we have a completely different relationship I'm very affectionate with her I'm very open about our emotions because culturally for us it's that's not like it doesn't fly and so Mm -hmm. you know for me I'm kind of undoing that with my daughter and and trying to be affectionate and trying to be open with emotions and discipline in a very different way teach traditions in a very different way and I I tell people like I'm really just making it up as I go (laughs) (laughs) isn't everybody though yeah exactly and And so but I I tell people like you know now I look around at the women that uh, have helped raise me along the way and I feel very lucky because I did have examples of really strong independent women like my sister and my aunts and they all when my mother passed away and you know my grandmother she was a big staple of my life she helped raise me as well and now I look back and I'm like oh my god my mother might have passed away but my life was literally sprinkled with other strong women that's you who you know you Uh know that could show me like I can be anything and put my you know put my mind to something and just keep going keep chugging along despite life's hurdles Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's clear you had that if you're you're doing what you're doing. That's so amazing. Exactly what you were talking about earlier. Like you you just jumped into your career now and you're killing it like that's Yeah. And that's the thing is so that like, people are always so shocked. And culturally for us, that's not like, okay, like my trajectory, my career trajectory is not your typical career trajectory. And, my, and even my dad like still doesn't know what I do for a living. <laughs> he doesn't understand. You know what I mean? And so because it's not your typical nine to five job it's Mm -hmm. not your you know the regular thing that when we come to this country they you know they they imprint on you like you've got to get a really good job be a doctor be a lawyer be something Mm -hmm. that'll be stable and beneficial for the family and so I chose the complete opposite route and I've been kind of just proving to them that like when you do follow your joy, you can end up in places like where I'm at now. And so mm-hmm. I do spend some time talking to other young Latinas who get that same message of like, go get a job as a doctor, as a lawyer, be something that's stable and financially stable and has benefits and all that stuff. And I'm always like, if I had someone like me when I was young to tell me that I could do something like this, I could be on radio, I could be a reporter, I could be in communications, then I probably would have chosen this route sooner. And I probably would have been farther. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I'm going back to other young Latinas and I'm like, hey, like, this is a route you can take. You don't always have to take the extremely responsible route. You aren't mm-hmm. responsible for your whole mm-hmm. family. You don't have to carry them on your that. shoulders. You know what I mean? That's so amazing. That is, yeah, it's making (laughs) such a good example too for your kids. Like, them seeing you do that and follow your dreams is everything. 
Yeah. Right. And and even when I volunteer and do things like out in the community, I try to bring them with me because that was something my, my dad made sure I did too. Like when he was doing something out in the community that he was bringing me along with it, with him because that way I was seeing a community service in action. I was yeah. seeing neighbors help neighbors in action. And when you do that in front of your kids, you imprint that same mentality of taking care of your neighbor and how important it is and so when I do things like that I try to bring my kids with me and try to expose them to as much helping your neighbor as much as you can that's wonderful you are such a good person I appreciate (laughs) it that's awesome try that's what life's all about though you're absolutely doing it no but I mean you're doing it at your age to have this knowledge I'm so so impressed and I'm and I tell people I'm like I'm not I'm not afraid of the future because I've I've seen the kids that are growing up and like it was us millennials raising these ones that are coming up now and I'm like uh oh they're, <laughs> they're a lot smarter than we are like yeah think about it so I'm not I'm, I tell people I'm like I'm not afraid of the future as everybody else is because the the kids that we raised we we're raising them to be emotionally intelligent like better. Mm-hmm with their emotions, we're, we're teaching them to be better communicators, which is kind of amazing. And that's why I do Jasmine Learn Something too, because I remember when I was a parent and I didn't know all those things. And so yeah. let's, let's try to be the buffer for that too. That's awesome. I love, I've never heard anyone say what you just said. I feel much better about the future. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it's hard. It's hard to be optimistic it about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Because we're we're surrounded by all the things that are going against us. And then yeah. I spend time with high school students now. Right. That's part of my job. And I, I listen to them and I listen to their ideas and I'm like, you know what? We're really not in that bad of a shape, That's quite honestly. Awesome. We're really not. And you know, as 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 much as there's so much media and news out there on the contrary being in person with kids i'm i'm seeing such a a difference such a difference i love it i love it and i love how this is a perfect spot to end this podcast something very positive because that you really uplifted me saying that you really did yay yeah yeah, I, I totally. Mother, I'm always, you know, just no, I, I agree for sure, and I think that one big reason too is because, because of the internet and because so much information is accessible, people know about things that are going on in the Ooh. world, and it really provides empathy. When I think we, when I was younger, I had no idea that there was a different world other than right. like New Hampshire, and right. I definitely think that that's a big reason why we're seeing that and kids having more empathy and knowing what's going on and being involved and understanding and voting and. I did a lot of work uh, during the last election just with getting involved with with like small groups of people that were volunteering. And there was just tons of kids that like they couldn't even vote, but they were just also volunteering and getting involved and just just interested. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I tell people like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid for the future. Because those are the kids that are going to show up and shake things up when mm-hmm. things aren't going right. And it's because the, you know, the, the uh, us millennials are raising them and we've learned and we're hoping that it, it'll pass on to the next generations. And to your point of like media literacy and like things on the internet, it's so important to teach our kids the difference between relatable content yeah. and content that actually is true because mm-hmm. we have a real problem with self-diagnosing kids who are self-diagnosing themselves oh, yeah. through yeah. TikTok and yeah. you know, uh-huh. I tell people like you want to find out about yourself go on TikTok right you know because <laughs> <laughs> it'll really start to show yeah. the algorithm will start to show what you're interested in and 
that's, you know, that's the dangerous part with kids. But I think, you know, if we counteract and we teach our kids, what's the difference between what's relatable and what's, you know, actually true, then I think we'll be okay. We are good. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to have you on again. I mean, I want to share yeah. each little subject and just dive into it. I really do. You are so well, awesome. yeah. yeah. I know a lot have... of different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, um, one other question too before you go. So, what, which Jasmine Learned Something segment is your favorite that we should, like, whoever's listening should go to first and find? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I would say the one um, about introverts. That's the mm. most popular one. Mm-hmm. We need to celebrate the introvert personality. We're constantly celebrating people who are extroverted. Yep. And it's okay to be an introverted person. And mm-hmm. it's okay to celebrate the strengths that come with being an introverted person. And you feel like people shouldn't have to change who they are to, to in order to fit in a group or, or yeah. be at a party. Or yeah. We should just accommodate for every personality. And so it's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. I love that and my sister will love that too Shish. Yeah. You know. <laughs> poor, the poor thing we gang up on her she's like stop calling me okay. um. <laughs> now, someone, again, yeah, and then, someone wants to find you on Instagram what what do they call it your yes, handle I don't know um, what you call it yeah, yeah. my <laughs> handle is at sunflowergold underscore so you can find me on Instagram and then you can find all of my Jasmine learned something and order on my LinkedIn page at Jasmine Torres Allen. And so you can find all of that fun stuff. You can follow me. You can add me as a friend. And I'm I like to tell people I'm very accessible. I'm not like one of those people that you can't reach out to. I'm an accessible person with lots of resources and have a tendency to to if you ask me a question, I might know the answer or the person to talk to. Or if I don't, I usually find out. So awesome. Oh thank you so much, Jasmine. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you, ladies. Thank you for the time to talk to me. I love it. Of course, yeah. And and don't forget, who's our sponsor? New Hampshire Made Moms. That's actually the introvert that we were talking about. (laughs) Um, Speaking of celebrating introverts, New Hampshire Made Moms is my sister and the sponsor of this podcast. She makes all different types of apparel in New Hampshire and different stuff like sweatshirts, t-shirts, sweatpants, anything you want. And you could put your own custom logo or anything. You can print anything on it, really, so... Yeah, yeah, check her out on Instagram, New Hampshire Made Moms. Girl power. Yeah. All right. Check her yeah. out. <laughs> Thank you, Jasmine. All right. Love Take you, Mom. Care. Love you. Hey, this is Emily from and Mom. Thanks for listening to our podcast. It comes out every Monday. Music by Farad Aziz of Wiki Games. Sponsored by New Hampshire Made Moms. Write in listener questions to mamemom at gmail.com. Us or probably one of our dogs will respond with feedback. Mame out. <laughs>